Life Fellowship in 2023, we're starting a new series called Legacy Planning. And whether you're listening to us as this as I produced or whether you're listening to us even years down the road, I hope you go back to our website and take a listen uh, to this eight or nine week series on family. Dan, Dan, you started so seriously this podcast. Well, it's 2023. I mean, we could have said, hey, you could have said, hey, we're back. And you could have had like, how's everyone doing? I mean, you just went right into business. Yeah, because that's how I approach <laughs> the end of holidays. So I want to know. So like, I hate holiday breaks. Because well, but here's the thing. Everyone's listening to us because we had like four episode break. Everyone wants to know, what did you get for Christmas? What yeah. are your favorite gifts that you got? Yeah. And I, we, I ask people not to get me gifts. I love this. I actually put a, a thing on Amazon that says, Dad's list so that you won't buy him junk he doesn't like. And they and you never get anything from Often it. I don't. This year I did. I got a pair of shoes, which is the exact same model, everything that I, it's like I've had four exact pairs of these because I don't make shifts. If it works, I don't need to you know change. It's a, I don't want to try you know, something new. You know you're getting old when you get the same gifts every and, year and, and then you're okay with it and my grandfather i, I have these <clears throat> memories of my grandfather getting a package of old spice cologne and aftershave then he get his second gift was a packet of white t-shirts mm-hmm. and his third gift was a new cardigan that was it and every year he was completely content at well and and, and here's i mean insight into the burrell household which is it's a good thing because my family doesn't they don't want to hear me talk anymore so they don't listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but in, in you can in, say whatever you want to yeah. about them. So they do buy me stuff. Yeah, and I always try to act pleasantly appreciative when I get it. And then you return it. And I put it in a box and say, "Now take it all back and put it, <laughs> put the money back in my credit card because that's where that's where it got taken from." And so they get the thrill of presenting me with a gift, and I get the thrill oh, of not having to buy it. Funny, so. that's hilarious. I, I sound like a curmudgeon, but I mean, I just really at this stage in my life, I want somebody to go out and buy it. I, I just want to have this conversation. Yeah, because you know that's what. Did you, what, what was yours? Tidy All right, so or, uh, or, my uh, wife, socks my or? wife got me some brand new shirts, which I absolutely love, and then um, my boys got me one. Got me a Blurry Creatures T-shirt, which Blurry Creatures is the podcast I listen to for. It's just it's about cryptids through with a Christian perspective. So it, it's, uh, it's about what cryptids like like Mothman, Bigfoot, Nephilim, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I don't. It's even kind know of what a guilty pleasure about. podcast. It sounds to me like you're speaking Marzinian <laughs> to me. So I I got me a Blurry Creatures podcast T-shirt, and then uh, my other son got me an LP or got me a a, a vinyl of uh, Octung Baby U2. So. Yeah, again, I mean, I'm looking at you with just a complete look of mystery. I have no idea what they you were. Just great said. gifts. I got, I got exactly what sounds I wanted. Like, it sounds like a German curse. No, Octung baby. It's it's that one of it's it one sounds, of U two's filthy. It's one of U two's greatest filthy. albums. The only other album I really would have loved to have gotten is Joshua Tree, and I'll get that eventually. So you're a pagan. <laughs> I just have no idea what you're talking about. All right, so, so now that we've wasted to, three minutes back of our to, podcast, back to Lord business here. All right, so we're we're actually going to be doing a sermon series on on family and legacy and legacy. Yeah. yeah. So why did you why do you why did you think this is an important topic to be, because often what we'll do is we'll take a book of the Bible. This is going to be expositional. Yeah. You're do, do, doing Deuteronomy chapter six. Yes. And but at the same time it is topical. Yeah, I mean one of the things I had a bunch of ideas I was praying through and as you know we began the Thriving in Babylon series back in I think it was August and through that series one of the things as God kept just teaching us and 
walking us through that book, it just made so much, uh, such an impact on me to realize, man, we are living in Babylon. Like we really are living in Babylon. And then you start, it felt like every week I was talking to parents and kids and, Hey, this is important stuff. And then I thought about, you know, this is, this is kind of like the, the logical progression of the, maybe part two of the thriving in Babylon is how do we, how do we raise our kids in a way or how do we impact the next generation, whether it's the next generation of parents or the next generation of kids, whether you have a family or not, you know, I don't want to make this family specific, but the idea of impacting the next generation, um, if we're going to change the the trajectory of families, of the church, of our nation, then it requires us focusing on investing in and discipling the next generation like we've never done before. And so, you know, I was personally going through some some uh, scriptures in Deuteronomy and came across the passage of Deuteronomy 6. And it's like, if you want to succeed in the, if you want to inherit the land, possess the land, um, here's some things you've got to do. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you've got to teach the laws and the commandments diligently to your children. If you do those two things, you will thrive in, in the promised land. And so, you know, I looked at that and, you know, as I studied it, it was like, man, this is a game plan. Like God's word is a, it's right here as a, as a map of what are we going to do? If God was, was in, influencing the next, this generation of Israelites to say, here's how you go take the land and inherit the land and you will succeed in the land if you do these things. I think that's where, where, that's where we're at today, Dan. We are at, at this precipice of, parents and children and next generation of saying, we've got a lot of work to do. There's a land that needs to be, you know, the conquest is before us. And we have some, we have to check our hearts to make sure that we are following Jesus the way that we need to. So, you know, that's, you know, the reality we call this legacy planning. Um, What I find interesting, Dan, and you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, you know, we plan for our vacations. We, we plan for retirement. Uh, we have a career plan, and we even plan our meals out for the week. Mm-hmm. But most of us, even Bible-believing, Bible, Bible believing, church-going Christians, we do not have a plan for how we're going to disciple our families, our children, our spouse. Like, it just doesn't exist in most in most uh, contexts. So to me, this was a issue of are we going to elevate the priority of influencing the next generation in this church and beyond? So that's, that's why— I felt God was leading us to this this series. Yeah. I, I think something you just said that I, I want to just point out, uh, though, is you've actually connected this series to the previous one, which was Thriving in Babylon. Yeah. You know, one of the themes we see when the Lord is talking about family and, and generational transfer of everything from faith to history and, and yeah. concept is is the notion that you have to fight the the prevailing culture in which you're children are being reared. You know, you look through the Old Testament, and there's there's several dynamics going on as the Lord establishes the nation of Israel. But the nation of Israel was established so that the, the Messiah could come. That's right. And so there was a racial component to, mm-hmm. the, to the idea that, you know, they needed to preserve the bloodline that had been promised in mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 3 and continued through the Abrahamic covenant so that the Messiah could be born. And that, that was an important factor. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, people misunderstand things that were going on in the Old Testament and consider them genocide aside and so forth. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a topic for another day. <clears throat> but there's always this constant warning. Be aware 
of cultural influ- in influence and infiltration yes. that's going to impact your ability to teach your kids where they come from and where they need to be headed. That's right. And and so it was. I mean, it was things like don't intermarry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be careful with whom you're doing business. Yeah. Um, you know, watch watch how you worship, where you worship, who you worship. All these different aspects of it. And I think that's an area that's largely been neglected in Christian family discipleship, as we have to realize the cultural influences that evolve from generation to generation each new each new level of that has a different strategy for distracting our kids Absolutely. and in my opinion there has been no generation that faces greater difficulty in being able to raise their kids um, less encumbered by the generational influences, uh, cultural influences of their generation than this one. Absolutely. The, and, and there's been so much that's changed in my lifetime, in your lifetime. Absolutely. And, we, you know, we were we were just talking about video games off air before we, we came on, you know. And the first video game came when I was 17, 18 years of age, and it was Pong. It was put out by Sears. <laughs> Sears you know, so and, and in my lifetime, you've gone to that, to, you know, the, these hoods and virtual experiences where you feel yeah. like you're there and you run into it's walls crazy. and fall down. Yeah. yeah and, and it's going to be much more. They're eventually going to be able to play them with a chip that you've inserted into your I'm head sure and just upload the programs the, yeah. into them. So th- there are things that this generation faces unlike any other generation. Mm. And if we don't wake up to it, the other thing that we have to be aware of is what we've been doing no longer works. Mm. I'm not talking about the biblical principles, but I'm talking about the strategic methodology. So one of the things... <clears throat> You know that that research is showing, and there's a guy out of Notre Dame University who has done a longitudinal study for about the last 20 years, um, and he's been looking at why kids leave the faith. At this point, about 85% of the kids who grow up in a household of faith, be it Protestant, be it Catholic, Evangelical, uh, they're they're leaving. They're yeah. leaving, and they're not coming back mm. for 10 years plus. It's a longitudinal study. I mean, th- and so it's th- continuing. But 85%. I think you just ran over that, but that is. Staggering. It's 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 staggering. It's appalling. It's depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and the reality is, um, one component is the discipleship component of teaching your kids what they should believe. Hmm. But you and I both know, and anybody who's ever a parent knows, that you can teach your kids what to say and what to believe, but you cannot control how they apply that to their that's life. Right. That's, that's right. the work of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And that's the great mystery and the great challenge of our culture today because the relationship with Christ always begins with submission hmm. and becoming he has to become lord of our life we have to become his slave and and today's kids are slaves to a lot of things hmm. but very few of them are a slave to the lord that's right they're slave very few of them are slaves to truth yeah. um, whether whether it's their appetites whether it's popularity notoriety celebrity fame fortune all the different things right. that are attracting them right. and the culture's doing a far better job hmm. a far better job of educating and and attracting and convincing than we are. So that's one of the great challenges of parents mm. moving forward. Yeah, I think one of the things, uh, one of my points, that I'm going to do the introductory sermon this Sunday, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, um, when this will be dropped. But one of my main points for the Sunday is going to be the idea that, hey, everyone, everyone can influence. Mm. And <clears throat> the reality is they're already being influenced. They're already there's already influence going on, you know. You, you don't have the option of 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 a child staying in neutral. If they live in this world and you have a television or or there's a smart device somewhere around them, they are being influenced and they will continue to be influenced. And as parents, 
we I think everyone that has ever given their kid a device with a screen on it notices that there is a difference between the influence they have in that child's life pre-screen and you know and mm-hmm. after the screen mm-hmm. and post-screen. So so the whole idea is what what are we doing? First of all, when do we give our kids these devices? And again, th- these are these are big questions that need right. to be navigated. But the reality is the the inf- the influence, like you said, is already happening, and it's happening in such a rapid, massive way that the the things that we did do that weren't even working before are now like drops in a bucket. You know, before the influence of church and youth ministry, we had a we did a podcast on that probably a couple months ago, and we just talked about how it's the current the current way of doing youth ministry is not as as producing the same 85% right right so the whole idea is if if what we were doing already was not influencing the majority of kids to follow Christ what's going to happen now is exponentially worse because the the amount of messages and the culture is just so overwhelming we have got to have a strategy and an understanding of what we're going to do to make sure our kids don't get sucked into the vortex of the world. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and this podcast is not long enough to explore everything I would like to say about this. But, you know, the definition of insanity is continue to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. Um, when it comes to ministry, if we go back to when the youth ministry, the Genesis, was in the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. um, it was it was a great movement at some time. But if you'll take a look at our effectiveness in reaching the next generation from Christ, it's not just a gradual decline. It is, it, I mean, if you look over the course of human history, it, it is a hockey stick mm. of, of failure. The youth programs that we are using in our church are producing an 85% failure rate. That's not acceptable in anybody's <laughs> world. And yet, what do we do? Oh, well, this year we're going to improve our youth ministry by starting a TikTok channel. No, TikTok channels are the problem. They're not the solution. And by throwing a few verses of Scripture and a couple of funny Christian memes onto onto a, a channel, at the same time, every kid in your youth group knows about TikTok. And every kid— and most have them. And most have them. Yeah. And most parents are ignorant about the dangers and, and what's being viewed. And at some point, we're going to have to take a couple of steps back and reapproach how we train and teach our youth. I'm not saying I've got you know some huge revelation that I'm ready to unveil about that, but I'm simply saying we can't just slap another layer of paint on the traditional evangelical youth ministry and expect a difference of results when we're at an 85% failure rate. Yeah, I think it's interesting how uh, I completely agree with you. I think it's interesting, though, how when a person looks at the government and government programs mm-hmm. that are obviously not working. And we can mm-hmm. point out a, a, a number of government programs that we just dump billions of dollars in every year, and they actually produce something worse than what they're, it's supposed to produce. And yet at the church level, we do the same thing. Yeah. We, we, we look at programs or, or things that we do, and it's not producing what the Bible says it should produce. And then we're like, well, just we'll just throw some more money at it. Well, <laughs> throwing more money at something is not the solution. You don't believe that politically. You wouldn't do that, you know, in your in the way you look at the your the political realm. So why would we do that in the in the in the church realm? And I think so. So this whole idea is, um, in what you mentioned, and I've heard you say this a number of times, and you'll, we'll get a chance to talk more about this. But one of the greatest shifts that we've got to make as as people to reach the next generation is this idea of discipleship by proxy. Hmm. And you've used that word. I want, I want you to speak into that because I think 
that is the number one mistake we have that parents and and people have been making for generations now is for the last couple of generations, discipleship by proxy. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and and I think there's two strategies we have to examine. That. There's this, there's discipleship by proxy, and there's discipleship by partnership. Mm. And so, discipleship by proxy is basically where you assign the responsibility of training your kids um, spiritually, and 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 that has multiple domains. It has the the cognitive, um, uh, who's the first man, who's the first woman, what you know, what who who drove the big boat, you know, all those different questions, um, and often Sunday school provided that, but our typical evangelical family is not attending Sunday school at all. Right. And the, the other thing is that when they do attend, it's very sporadic. Mm. Uh, so who's teaching them? Um, so they'll say, oh, well, I put my kids in a Christian school, or I send my kids to an Awana, Royal Rangers, or um, I bought them the, you know, the Wait, children's- What did you say, Royal Rangers? Yeah, that's, uh, I think, is that the Southern Baptist? Is that or, Southern Baptist? Or, okay. or uh, I'm, I'm sorry, when it, sometimes you say things, I'm like, well, I've never heard of that Yeah, before. it's either Assemblies of God, or okay. it's, but it's a... It's like a wanna, yeah. yeah. And they may not even have, they may have changed their name. Yeah. It used to be Young Ambassadors years ago. Mm. Um, then, you know, so we have these, you know, I, I put my kids on Right Now Video and let them watch that. Uh, that's discipleship by proxy. So the the most effective and the most biblical form of discipleship in the home is discipleship by parent. Mm. And and that, that is, but we also understand this, and anybody who has teenagers knows how maddening it is that you can say something to your kid and they'll absolutely ignore you, challenge you, and, 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 and smirk at you. And another person can say the exact same thing you said, and they're like, oh, wow, let me write that down. <laughs> the heavens parted. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a need for partnerships. There is. And, you know, that's why we have a church family, body yeah. life. But what have we done in the church? We have separated the youth from the church. We have put them in their own wing, in their own building, called their own pastor. They have their own budget. They have their own activities, their own worship band. And so we've separated them from the very partners mm -hmm. that they need in order to learn that other domain, which is not cognitive, but it is practical. Mm. And it is how to see their faith lived out, how to, how to engage with their spiritual gifts in a way that is beneficial to others, how to practice the fruit of the Spirit. And all of those are done experientially as well, mm. which is why Deuteronomy 6 says, talk about these things when you walk by the way, when you rise up, when you sit down. That ought to be taking place in home, but it ought to be taking place in life. That's right. You don't always just ride in your parents' car. You don't right. always just hang out with your... You hang out with other people who are modeling those community values. Yeah. And I think in a church setting, we need to reemphasize the value. I do not believe it takes a village to raise a child, the old African uh, proverb, based on who the typical person in the world, when, when, when you hear you know, a government official say that the village you're talking about is the government, <laughs> I believe it takes a church yeah. and a church family and a spiritual family yeah. to raise a child. And that may be something, and I firmly believe that we've got to reapproach from a biblical perspective so that we are, we're discipling by partnership and not simply by proxy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's something that, that probably all of us could say that's something we can, we need to grow in. And I think most going back to the whole legacy planning, what, what my hope and my prayer is for all of us at this church is, you know, this is not just a sermon series for parents and kids. Mm -hmm. It's not just a family Series. I don't. I don't want people to think that, because when I think about legacy planning, that next generation, you might you might be sitting here listening to this and saying, "Well, I don't have, you know, kids in home at home anymore." No, but 
you still could influence the next generation of parents. Mm-hmm. And that's there's just as like we need people we just need parents to influence children, we need more mature older uh, Christians who will influence the next generation of parents, young adults who are now entering into this, you know, the beginnings of family and they need mentors. They need influencers. They need people to say, Hey, here's the mistakes I made. Don't make the same ones. Or here's what I learned that I wish someone would have taught me when I was 25 or 35, whatever it may be. Um, Those, when we think about influencing the next generation, this is not just about, parents with kids, though that is a huge part of it. I think we have to start thinking holistically to say, in some ways, we have to influence the young adults uh, who, are, whether they're just about to get married or just newly married, and, and and teach them how to think about family even before they start having kids. How, what kind of convictions do they need to have? We have to see it as a continuum, and the continuum um, is, is something that has no beginning and no end, but it yeah. includes before you get married. Yeah. It, complu- it includes the single years. Yeah. It, in- it includes uh, those few years, a few months even sometimes you have between the time you get married and the first child yeah. arrives. These these are all important parts of it. And we're out of time, Ben, but... Um, but as, come Sunday and you'll know yeah. more. <laughs> as, as we wrap up, I, yeah, I do want to say that. First of all, uh, it's important that folks make a priority. It's mm-hmm. a, it's the beginning of a new year. Um, I would challenge our folks, you know, commit that you're going to be in church the next nine weeks. Mm. Be, be part of it. Um, the other thing is listen to the podcasts because you and I, Ben, are going to talk about this topic at least once a week at during least. the course of this. Yeah. And, and we may even offer some bonus episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing this. And also the third thing I, I think it's important to note, and, and Ben, you've led our elders and our elders have endorsed this as one of the objectives we have in our church beyond some things about prayer and evangelism is that we, we have a recommitment to the renewal of the, of the Christian family. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is another reason why we start off 2023 with this emphasis. Um, family is a cornerstone. It mm. is, you know, and sometimes people say, well, if you're not part of the family, you're going to feel left out. The, the bottom line is you're part of the family of God, and this is an important aspect That's of right. it. But the first institution that God founded in the Garden of Eden was the human family. That's right. And and so at this point, we need to make sure that we have built that on the right foundation. So those are some of the things we're going to be yep. doing, talking about it on Life Talks. As always, we appreciate you being here. Please share with us, with uh, others, uh, this uh, podcast, if you would. And until next time, thanks for listening here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.